Welcome to Spirits of Whiskey. We explore the wide world of whiskey through the many colorful personalities who make it, promote it, write about it, and more. With each podcast, Carrie Moynihan, a certified bourbon steward and bartender, and yours truly, Philip Dobar, director of the Cocktail Collection, interview whiskey's most important names. From high-profile makers, blenders, and ambassadors, to out-of-the-way innovators and remote pioneers. Join us as we discover the people and elements that give the water of life its spirit. Today on Spirits of Whiskey, our guest is Rhonda Coleman, founder and CEO of Boston Harbor Distillery. Rhonda, welcome. Yes, Hi, welcome. nice to be here. Hi, guys. Good to have you. So glad Thank to finally you. have you. We've had seven, <laughs> seven lovely drams from you for quite some time, and I'm like, when are we going to get her on? I want to. Scheduling, scheduling, logistics. So I'm very logistics. excited. What I love about you know whiskey and spirits. It's just they don't go bad. They don't go no. bad. I know. If you'd sent us milk, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> or beer, even. Even beer, yeah. Um, even so speaking of out. beer, speaking of beer, you you have quite the background in beer. Founding two yeah. two two beer brands, uh, New Century Brewing, and before that, the Boston Beer Company. I mean, we're talking yes. about 25 years worth of beer before you went into whiskey, which, of course, we all know is just distilled right, beer. You're jumping ahead. We need to ask her for the journey, Philip. Don't tell I us don't want to journey. forget those things because they're so good. I actually, I have a trademark on the evolution of beer because it's really beer. Whiskey's beer for growth, yeah. you know, mature palates. Exactly. Exactly. So we always start out asking what your whiskey journey is. And obviously you started in beer, but before you were in beer, what did you have? What? Where did you grow up? Where were you born? What kind of aspirations did you have for a career? And did you follow through with any of that? Or was this completely a, a different tra trajectory? Lots of questions. Easy answers, though. Um, I'm actually born and raised in the Boston area. I've always uh, lived within 20 miles of where I'm sitting here at beautiful Boston Harbor Distillery. And um, I have been a hellraiser since the minute I was born. And that's not my, a surprise. I don't know why. Actually, my birthday is, is New Year's. I'm four minutes past midnight. So my birthday's coming up. A nice. big one, too. So that's good. But um, 29 I, again? Yeah. 29B. Um, <laughs> I'm actually at like triple F at this point. <laughs> Anyway, um, no, you know what? My father loved rye and ginger. He loved it. And he and my uncle would just drink it, you know, on the weekends or whenever. And, you know, drink a little bit on a Saturday afternoon, fall asleep in the chair. And there I was as a young girl, <laughs> tasted my father's whiskey and ginger. And I fell in love. I was smitten. And I always, I don't know, I've just always loved everything about alcohol, you know, I tell people this and they laugh, but it's really, you know, the complexity of it and the flavors and how everything comes together and the conviviality of it all. And at the end, of course, how it makes you feel. And sometimes I wish it didn't make you feel that good, but it's just a remarkable, it's just, it's remarkable. And um, I'm very excited to be um, in Boston with Boston Harbor Distillery, making great whiskey and other spirits. And um, I feel like I've been training for this role my whole life. Wow. So wow. let's start wow. off with your, your beer endeavors. What, what brought you to your first beer job? Well, it was a man, um, but not in the way that you think. Um, <laughs> 
Actually, I worked with this guy, Jim Cook, you may have heard of him, um, at Boston Consulting Group. And at the time, um, I was actually moonlighting as a bartender and a waitress. And when I wasn't working, I was in the bar anyway. Um, I just love it. <laughs> I love that atmosphere. So I'd come in a little late and a little hungover, uh, but I was really good at what I did. But Jim is really... Um, the sixth—he's the sixth consecutive oldest son to be a brewer in his family. Uh, three Harvard degrees, went to Harvard, so he ended up from Cincinnati. He ended up living in Boston, and he decided to start a brewery um, in Boston in 1983, and uh, he didn't really know anything about um, the, the industry, but he knew about beer making and he knew about business. So um, he asked me to help him start a beer company. And I said, geez, Jim, uh, I don't actually drink beer. I drink whiskey. I told him that then. <laughs> and he promised that uh, he would make something that I, I'd like. And of course he did. And, uh, and it was that, you know, when we started uh, Boston Beer Company in 1984, there was nothing like that. It was actually, craft wasn't even a term that was coined. It was uh, microbreweries. And there was not anything like that on the East Coast, especially, you know, in, in the Boston, New England area. Um, and and we didn't know what we were doing and we didn't have any real money. Um, but what we had was what was inside that bottle. And so that was really the start of, I think of it as almost being an evangelist for, for craft and, 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 and what really has become highlighted for me, what that term means, it gets corrupted by a lot of people, as you know, mm, but mm -hmm. it's really an ingredient story. And it started for me right there. And that's what I fell in love with is I was so committed and passionate about what went inside that bottle because I know what made that special beer different from others. And it, you know, comes down to the ingredients. And to me, that's all about the integrity. Um, and then the entrepreneur's integrity behind that. And all you bottle up that passion and you get something pretty remarkable. So yeah, I that, loved what we did there. That was the Boston Beer Company, correct? That was the Boston Beer Company. And you were there 15 years. That is a, that's a long run. It is a long run. Well, if it, yeah, if I had stayed longer, it would have been a much more profitable run, but here oh, I am. Oh, no. Okay. All right. All right. No, it's good. It was, you know, being at the forefront of craft beer in America. Now, of course, you guys are in the right place, but, you know, San Francisco North is really where the trends come from and they, mm -hmm. they kind of come here to provincial New England last. So, um, you know, people like Fritz Maytag and Ken Grossman, you know, those guys started started it, uh, but it took them a while to get out of their backyard. And and we came on the scene and, you know, Jim's knows how to make things happen. And yeah, we off, interviewed I, Bruce, off we went. We interviewed Bruce from uh, from Hodling, nay, yes. nay oh. Anchor. And yes. uh, we got the whole Fritz Maytag story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I made a it joke about incredible. the Maytag man and he didn't get it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's like never mind. Bad joke. Bad joke. Dedicated to his work. Um, so yes, indeed. So from from there, you took a right turn into more beer. Yes, I did. 
And what was the difference between, was well, there different styles of beer or were they the same kinds of beers and just a different company or how did, what was the beer change? Oh, no. You know, I can't do anything the same. I mean, that's just as, I, you know, that's my creative entrepreneurial Evolution. juices flowing. And what's the point? You know, if you can't do it better, cheaper, innovative, stay home. So um, I spent 15 years helping Jim build Sam at Boston Beer Company, making Sam Adams and other brands a household name. Mm -hmm. And we went public and, uh, you know, I found myself in meetings all the time. Meetings, 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 more meetings and meetings. And I was getting further away from what I really love, which is building things from scratch and, you know, finding the cracks that the big guys leave behind. And um, so I left, I left the company and some, you know, there was an article that came out that said, you know, I stepped off my throne as the queen of beer. <laughs> and I, I laugh about that because there were no women in the industry yeah, at all. I right. literally, you know, so, so I've got a recognition from the Brewers Association of being the pioneering woman. And I get asked all the time, so what was it like being a woman in the, I mean, I don't know what it's like being a man. So I can just tell you, it was great, you know? So for me, it's been awesome. Um, but I did, I was, you know, I, we were, you know, at the, the top of the game and that's when I left and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, then Jim's brewing consultant, Dr. Joseph Awadis called him up and called me up when he read, I left the company and said, I'll make a beer. You start a company. I thought, oh my gosh, and that what was am new I century. supposed to do? And that was January of 2000. We had survived this whole Y2K. We're going to all blow up. Uh, so that is was that good. why you named it New Century? That is it. And I think it was really the first brewing company of the new millennium. Yeah. Um, so I love to I love to be the first at things. Four minutes after and midnight, perhaps. That's yes. it, right? <laughs> it just I was born that way. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, here's the man, Joe was the guy who invented light beer in 1967. And he's calling me to, and I'm like, oh shit, Joe, I, I don't, what would I do? Like, I can't compete with Sam Adams. I don't even want to try. I just spent, you know, 15 years building this thing. Um, but I sat there in the Caribbean <laughs> and I thought, geez, wouldn't it be just nice to have Caribbean. a, just in the Caribbean. I was there for two and a half months. It was glorious. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to have a better light beer? And so here's, and I called them up. I said, Joe, it's been 40 years, 35 years, whatever it was. Can't you do light beer better? And so that's when New Century Brewing was born. And I created a beer called Edison. And it was made from scratch to be light by Joe. There was no regular light beer. And um, I loved it. I loved what we were doing. I was very excited. And I was launching in Boston and New York. And it was on the eve of 9-11. And so that is the story of being on the right side of bad timing. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a little ballsy and sometimes pig-headed. And I decided that those terrorists weren't going to wreck my plans. And I kept going and it was just very difficult because particularly in those two markets, nobody really wanted to try anything new. Right. They were more interested in what they are, you know, because everything. Right. Anyway, I kept things going and I found chef owned operated places that loved my beer. And I Trader Joe's 
was great for me because they don't have Bud Miller cores or right. You know, they have Corona. Good stuff. So that was all good, but it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't enough. And so I created this beer called Moonshot. Um, I was dancing at a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert and decided I wanted to bottle that feeling. I was all energized and um, created a beer with caffeine. And so Awadies, you know, figured out how to do it. And we had a patent in four countries in the process of adding caffeine to beer and ale and and I launched that on a credit card and it was years, you know, it took years to get it to the place where it was just about to go. And then boom, uh, Joe had died a couple years earlier and Four loco and Panther juice. Uh, so I, I didn't have my brewing consultant anymore. I went to another guy and uh, same guy that Four loco and Panther used. And um, anyway, they ended up using my patented process of adding caffeine to beer and ale. And then they took it to completely new heights and ended up getting us all shut down. So uh, when you go to the TTB website, the only brands since prohibition that have ever been banned, you know, I'm like right there. And it, you know, it, it shouldn't have happened. My beer was very different than what they were doing, but I got caught in the net and I just lost, lost heart of the beer business. So, um, you know, look when life, Hand you lemons, you make I make whiskey, and that's what go. led me right. to you this. Wanted, I, you want to do something much easier with much lower hurdles. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Ballsy and blind are probably not two good combinations, but <laughs> but I did, and you know there was a white space here for whiskey making in the Boston area, and. So that's when Boston Harbor Distillery was born and I incorporated in 2012 and took me a few years to raise some capital, renovate this old, beautiful 1850s uh, building on the southernmost waterfront of Boston. This is actually the building. I love it. You could kind of see it. That's really it. Hundred mm-hmm. clear story windows. Well, Phil's been here. Yeah. Anyway. It's a, it's and a here special we are. space. Truly a special space. Thank you. Well, since we Thank have you for the tour seven. and the tasting of everything on site. Yes. <laughs> well, we have, we have more since, since uh-huh. you were here. Okay. You got to come back. I'll come back. Okay. I'll come too. Yes. Carrie and well, I will come we back. Have, since we have no seven, exclusions. Seven <laughs> Oh, and there are so many. There are at least seven <clears throat> more on site. Oh, I'm sure. But since we have seven today, oh. I'm glad we were able to move this to an afternoon uh, recording instead of yesterday at nine. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do nine o'clock <laughs> for seven drams. <laughs> Um, but so we have, uh, we have a bunch of stuff. We have three Putnam's one, um, demon seed, which sounds very interesting. And then three Boston Harbor spirit of Boston that are made from Samuel Adams. So which should we start with and which direction should we go? Let's start with what I built the company for. Although I'm going out of order on uh, proof, uh, we're starting with the highest proof, and we're okay. going to get down okay. from there, right? We'll, we'll, that's we'll live. We'll that's live. my single malt. It's the single malt. Okay. Yes, it is. And so this this whole uh, this my building and this whole eighteen acre parcel that I'm on used to be the center of entrepreneurial commerce um, for this America and. Um, my building, this it was built by this guy, Silas Putnam, 
who automated the horseshoe nail uh, manufacture. This was his logos. Um, so they had government contracts and made horseshoe nails and supplied both sides of the Civil War out of here. It's pretty cool. A mercenary. Oh, wow. Yes. And then this uh, horse and rider is his uncle, um, General Israel Putnam, the Revolutionary War hero. Wow. Yeah, that's him. So that's why I have a horse. And I thought when I was building this, I did not have a brand idea. My husband is a builder, so he was renovating it. And I was in here painting one night and it just came to me. Why not name it after the entrepreneur Putnam, which is mm -hmm. a big name in New England. You probably heard of Putnam Investments. Mm -hmm. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, it's all the lineage from the family. Um, okay. And so that's when Putnam Whiskey was born. But because of my, uh, my career in craft beer, Again, what I learned was craft is really an ingredient story. And Sam Adams was 100% malted barley. And, you know, what made that special beer different was, um, was that it wasn't corn. And mm -hmm. what people, you know, not our people that understand whiskey, et cetera, but a lot of our consumers don't realize that uh, bourbon, A, does not need to be made in Bourbon County, but it is made with a majority of corn by law and all of that stuff. So it's great. They get to come in here and learn. And so we've, I decided to make whole grain whiskeys here. I mean, I know I can't compete with the 20 million barrels that are laying down in Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, and I'm not used to working with corn or drinking corn, to be honest. Mm. So I thought this was an opportunity to do sort of take a page out of what we did at Sam Adams and prove that Americans can make great whiskey too. We don't have to just go to Scotland or, you know, Asia or world whiskeys for good quality malt whiskey. We can right. do that right here in America. Of course. This so, is one of the reasons of I wanted to, to talk with you because I noticed there was not really any bourbons in what you sent and being the, the you sent us more more samples than anyone else by like two bottles and we already were like well we got five and now we got seven and i'm like There's no i was like i can't wait to talk to her because if you do listen to the podcast although i enjoy a bourbon it's my least favorite of the whiskeys and i think it's and which is funny because i absolutely love corn but there's just something about the flavor of corn and the whiskey that's just a little bit too much for me so i was very excited to to finally taste these <laughs> Well, cheers. I mean, cheers. this is a hundred proof. So this is a hundred percent two row malted barley. Um, we get our barley from Brees. We don't grow a lot of stuff around here in Boston, you know? So we get our malt from Brees, which is America's premier growing region in Northern Idaho, Southern Montana. And 20% of the mash bill or thereabouts is this roasted malt that you get this beautiful chocolate uh, sort of toffee mm -hmm. finish. I love it. And it was inspired. We wanted to do something with a local terroir, but we, we just didn't have our, you know, our own growers at the time. Right. So lobster, the you could get lobster, lobster in the mix perhaps, but um, <laughs> that might yeah. definitely weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And oysters. That's how yeah, you oysters. say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, the fish and chips. But nearby. Blend is the um, 
America's oldest chocolatier is the Walter Baker Chocolate Factory. Oh, nice. So my distiller, who I moved from the West Coast, he lived across the street from that, and that inspired the Mashville. Very good. Yeah. yeah there Very it is. Good. Okay. So All I, right. With this, I, I do add a little bit of drop of water. I think it really opens this mm -hmm. particular whiskey up, just like a little eyedropper full of water. Yeah. And uh, it's just a wonderful, beautiful sipping yeah. whiskey. What 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 was your first release? Uh, well, let me ask you this: did, did you originally source from other makers until you'd you'd laid down your own long enough? Um, this is made here, grain to glass, mm -hmm. nice. um, right here. If well, the mash tons behind me right now. Mm -hmm. um, but the first whiskey that I went to market with, because I honestly wanted to build the whiskey distillery here, and. I didn't want to start with going to market. And that, this is what I know how to do is go to market. Like, I'm, Phil, you've been to my building and it's not easy to get to. There's no public No, it is not. It was there's an expensive no street, Uber you know. ride, but it was worth it. <laughs> but yet it's and easy enough no for foot someone traffic. to drive into the one pole that brings electricity to your whole building. <laughs> Three days later on our busiest week of the, of the year. Like, go mm -hmm. figure. Pandemics, you know. Whatever. We have whiskey, though. That's what we And it's have. on a cul-de-sac, so, no less. Oh, my gosh. It's a peninsula. We, <laughs> it's a, yeah. And it's a U. Yeah. So I remember the neighborhood. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So we do. So this is this is the first whiskey that we went to market with. Okay. And thank heavens, rye does not need that much time to age. Okay. So this is our Putnam New England straight rye. Uh -huh. Of course, we went to market with it before it was straight. <laughs> of course, because right, you haven't reached the, was it haven't, haven't the, reached the age. Changed? Yeah. Um, so, in other words, you never put, you never marketed anyone else's whiskey. Um, no. Everything so, you've ever taken to market is yours. Well, it is mine, but this mm -hmm. one's a little different. So, the, the single malt grain to glass right here, mm -hmm. one distiller, one distillery laid down on site. We have bottled in bond, four-year-old, 100-proof. It's all okay. good. Okay. All right. This, we, um, we source 95.5 rye, mm -hmm. and it comes in at 135 proof. In the uh, early okay. days, we would redistill it, mm -hmm. and we got this beautiful, really soft, easy to drink whiskey and people loved it. I mean, we were selling, you know, 18 month old whiskey, but it was good. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we just continued along that trajectory because mm -hmm. we could get the distillate, but we do, we produce it here. Okay. So we, we um, so all of our barrels of 53 gallon, uh, we do, uh, you know, seasoned, toasted, charred, heavy char, and uh, we lay them down on site. But what I love about it is that we meld lots of barrels together for that particular whiskey. Okay. All right. Uh, most of the single malt is single barrel. There's, so there's the a blending process where you're always seeking consistency. Now, this is 95.5. There is no corn in this rye. This is rye and no, barley. No corn. Yep. 95% rye grain and 5% uh, malted barley. Do you have and any corn in any of your drinks? No corn, no sugar. Sorry, Barbara. Yep. That's why I keep doing what I'm doing and I can work 12 hours a day and drink a lot and get up and do it again because <laughs> it's good stuff. 
That's the measurement. This is what I say. This is what I say to people when they say, I don't understand how you could drink so much whiskey. And I said, if you stick with the single malts and the rise, you can just keep going. It's when you add the sugar and corn, which is high in sugar. You know, I mean, when I was in my 20s and I was just drinking all these fruity drinks and Midori sours and mudslides and all these things. Yeah. I mean, I would feel the next day yeah. and then when I discovered whiskey, yeah. And yeah they were all it was all sugar hangovers and when i discovered whiskey i was like okay but i had like three of those last night and they're higher proof and i feel fine so that's how exactly this became my drink. so cheers cheers, cheers. so th this is um well i've got some other theories about what makes you feel bad but definitely sugar and I think it's when, when people go long into the tail, you know, when, when you make your mm -hmm. cuts, the heads, the hearts mm -hmm. and the tail, and you go long into the tail, much like the Scottish do, but you don't feel bad after scotch because they age out all that stuff, the, you know, the things, the congeners and things that your liver doesn't produce that well. But those, you know, cheap booze manufacturers they go long into the tail and you're drinking tails and your liver just can't keep up with some mm -hmm. of the stuff that's in there. Right. So it overwhelms right. you. Um, but this, I, I actually call this a beginner's whiskey. And we have people that walk through the doors here and they're like, oh, you know, they don't know. They're like, you make scotch here? No, well, you have to be in Scotland, you know. Right. <laughs> or I thought bourbon, you know, you, you don't make bourbon because that can only be made in Bourbon County. No, well, that's not, it needs to be made in America, which is the best part of bourbon. I love that right. part. Right. But this, they're like, oh, but I don't really like whiskey. Well, just try it. They're like, wow, you know, the people will try it and go, oh, that's good. Because they had some bad whiskey that they didn't like and they never forgot that. But this right. is, to me, this is kind of an entry point where you can have a whole grain whiskey that's soft and smooth. And you can drink it neat. You can have it on a cube. It punches through in a, in a cocktail. Oh, my gosh. It makes great mm -hmm. cocktails. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what do you think? See, I, I, oh, I, I love really this. like this. And I prefer my Manhattans mm -hmm. with a rye. So I think, and I like perfect Manhattans. And I do cherry bitters instead of orange bitters. So I think that's what I'm going to try tonight with this bad boy. Love, love, love. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yes, we actually do a little cherry one with the single malt, too. But that's kind of, I keep that for my glass. Um, was I going to say? Oh, we do a boss hat in here instead of a Manhattan. You get it, boss hat. Uh, boss hat. Okay, I, I got it. You might have had one. I kind of remember <laughs> having. Hat. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, don't I said, know what I, did with I my said, cap. you asked me what I'd like, and I said, as long as it's stirred and aromatic, I'm good. And you probably ordered a boss hat for me. So we make it with a, a caramelized fig instead of vermouth. Because we yes. can only serve what we make here. So we can't use vermouth, you know, if I was trying not to break the law, which is right. what I try not to do every day. Sometimes it happens. But um, <laughs> it's so good. If you like fig, it's a perfect fall, winter cocktail. Yeah. And you, you make that there, this fig? No, we buy the fig because okay. we can make it. But it's it, non-alcoholic? Yeah. We buy it from um, Liber and Company. You guys familiar okay. with Liber? No. Philip probably. Oh, is. they're out of Austin, Texas. Okay. They do okay. kind of cocktail mixtures. Okay. Stuff all, like right, that. all right. All right. Yeah. 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 So I'm glad you like that. And I think you have uh, a bottle of, do you have a bottle of the red wine barrel finish? So the red wine, so same have juice? This, correct? Yes. This is the same juice, which I love this because 
it just highlights. It's the same juice, it's bought, you know, 86 proof, which is the same. And it's finished in Cab Franc barrels Cab by Franc. that little okay. custom crush winery next door. Okay. Called the Boston Winery. Mm -hmm. And I just love That's what lovely. the red wine finish does. How long oh, does it? Yeah. Gives it that it... sweetness. How long do you finish it? Till it's ready. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's honestly, who the hell? And are these wet? Months. Okay. And are these wet casks? So wet. I mean, I'm not even kidding me. Kidding you. He'll dump them and they roll them across. The, they, we roll them across, across the, parking the parking lot. lot. Sure. I uh, love it. We do. It's good. But I just, you know, you look at the color, you can see that oh, yeah. it adds like mm -hmm. a ruby hue. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, we have, which I didn't send you, but we have, this is a new favorite of, you know, the single barrel cast strength. This, yeah, it's so good. Of the mm -hmm. rye. So that those mm -hmm. are our four expressions that okay. we have available. Mm -hmm. We did uh, do a one-off uh, maple barrel finish of the rye. Mm -hmm. So good. Again, Could adding imagine. a level of Why sweetness. Why only a one-off? I don't know. We were experimenting, and then some retailer came in. He had the gall to buy the whole barrel from us. Okay, so do more. So we'll, we're going to make some more. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> So that's my Putnam lineup. And, you know, I think um, I think we're in the hunt. We've been at this. I, I opened the doors in 2015. We started distilling then. Um, so we have some four, uh, you know, four plus year old whiskeys here mm -hmm. now. We don't have enough of them. Um, so to meet demand. You know, um, well, the good news is, you know, our growth is there. So, I, you know, it's hard to sell somebody a three and a half, four year old bottle and then go back to, you know, less than two years old. So I don't want to sure. do that. Yeah. So I'm kind of pulling back a little bit and going to go deep in Massachusetts with Putnam because we're here. And then we've got a whole plethora of other items that are doing really well. And okay. so we have it all, you know, now right. we have like 18 different things, Phil. Since wow. 18 skews. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Ish. All right. That's now, are we moving on to the to the Boston Harbor baby bottles here, or are we going to do this demon seed? Uh, we're doing we're saving uh, demon seed for last. Okay. <laughs> so, can you tell I'm very interested to see what this demon seed's all about? I'm, yeah, I I'm, just don't want to hurt your taste buds for the rest of the day. I'm. That's I'm, at I'm, the end. I want to preface this by saying that I am a huge fan and an evangelist for distilled for whiskey that's been distilled from beer made for drinking. So good. Huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. So it's you're about- I, I don't like beer. I don't particularly care for whiskey where hops been added in the process. Uh, if the hops are already in it, it works for me. Yeah. And so like the uh, the rye where I sent you our straight rye with our, mm -hmm. our red wine barrel finish rye, mm -hmm. I wanted you to have all three of these expressions. They're extremely limited. You can't get them anywhere except for the distillery, really. But just to tease everybody, um, <laughs> uh, you can actually order them online through Sealbox. They, they legally can sell. We cannot ship anything in or out of Massachusetts. It's, oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nanny state. Nanny state. 
Nanny, nanny. So we're going to try this first one. This is um, this is made I from Samuel Adams. Third. Oh, isn't this that nice? Is gorgeous. <laughs> I think this little set just it's just fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to start with the malty one. Um, of course, Sam Adams is made with um, you know their their beer is made from a hundred cent malted barley. Um, so this to me. Uh, it's like a malt whiskey. I haven't had this one for a while. Which one are we doing? Are we doing the blue, the brown, the white, the, the white and Yeah, blue. the blue one. Um, the blue one. Okay. This has a little. It, it, they have something. They use something called cosmic mother funk. And uh, yeah, that and, sounds like something from uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, it's crazy. It just has this. It's this weird. Um, yeast i think i'm i'm actually it kills me but this one um it basically think of this they finish their beer right before they put it in a bottle the freshest beer you could get we grab a half a tanker load of it like three thousand gallons and we mm -hmm. bring it right to the still so we you know we do our two runs, a stripping run, and then we polish it and we do the head cuts and we cut our hearts narrow. And then we actually age it in used barrels because we don't want too much wood to overwhelm the nuances mm -hmm. of what's in every beer. But I want you to try the next one, which is from the Samuel Adams New World Trapel. Okay. Now, they don't make these beers anymore. Like so, these are truly limited, one of a kind. Yeah, it's the green label. This one is it. It, it concentrates the hops. This is like dank weed. It's like oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I think mm. my roommate. My roommate's a, a pothead. Not a, he's not a pothead, but he's 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 a pot connoisseur as I am a whiskey connoisseur. Um, he oh. and his brother both, and they both, I mean, they'll come in and they'll be like, okay, smell this one, smell this one. And I was like, they all smell like skunk to me. He goes, oh, you gotta, you gotta fix your nose, man. I said, no, my nose is on whiskey. When I smell your pot, it's just skunk to me, but. <laughs> Good for you. You stick idea. to your whiskey gun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this I love. I tell you what, it makes the world's best Bloody Mary, um, because the, it's vegetative. You know, because it, it concentrates the hops, which is, as you all, you listeners and viewers mm -hmm. know, nearest botanical relative to marijuana. And I just love this one. This is one of my favorites. And beer, you know, this is really a beer, uh, sorry, a whiskey for, for beer lovers and a beer for whiskey lovers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. I totally see that. It makes lots of sense. And I trademarked the evolution of beer for this because okay. this is the grown-up version of beer it's the best of beer there you go gluten gluten-free doesn't give you gas on a date which is nice <laughs> and it's low calorie there you go and all of these if you notice are bottled at 84 proof mm -hmm. that is the year that we started sam Adams. Oh, That's very good. A very fantastic. Very nice. So there's very a story good. about the true, uh, a true Bostonian handshake and the wonderful whatever. 
That's my legacy. The Bostonian handshake. Is that the, uh, is that a shot of Sam Adams? Sam Adams? No, if, uh, it's inspired by our treasured connection between Boston Harbor Distillery and the Boston Beer Company. Okay, that's the handshake. A true Bostonian Understood. handshake. Understood. It's like reaching across the aisle. <laughs> is Mr. Cook still in charge of the of the distillery over there? Or is he is he retired by now? No. Oh, she's Jim. He is I was just with him in Palm Beach. <laughs> um, Palm Beach. I was at the Sam Adams Tap Room in Faneuil Hall, Boston today. First time I ever went there. No one wow. invited me, so I decided to kick the doors open and go there and go, go. hello. Um, pretty cool. No, he's very committed. He is still all in, and he loves what he does. And, you know, good for him. He's been doing it for 30 years. Are you guys going to have years. more of these collaborations with his other beers? Um, they're, too busy, you know, they're, they're too busy making truly. <laughs> um, no. Okay, then. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I no, can cut he, this out if you need me to. <laughs> they merged with Dogfish Head. And okay. Dogfish Head, as you know, Sam Calagione was just our keynote speaker, the keynote speaker at the American Craft Spirits Association convention in Louisville, which was like a week and a half ago. It was a great conference. And Sam was our keynote, um, but he has a distillery. So. Rhonda's kicked to the curb. Mm. Oh, that oh, sucks. That's okay. I've got some other beer friends around here. Uh, but no, honestly, no boss happened only... for him. <laughs> right. He did come and visit me the other day. And Sam did. He came okay. down. I'm like, really, dude, you know, you're in Boston now, right? Come down and pay your respects. So he did. And he brought okay. me a hat. That was nice. Okay. Very okay. nice. No bots happen. But you know what? <laughs> we, the, there's only so much still time. So uh -huh. at this point, I'm going to be making some more of my own whiskey. Okay. And good, good, good. this good. thing is coming. Look, there's 9,000 plus breweries in the United States, which is mm -hmm. awesome. And they're all going to be making whiskey because they're already set up to do it. They need mm -hmm. to get a still. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. This last one is very appropriate. This is the time of year. This is Christmas and a bottle. This is, uh, turn it to the side a little bit, the other side. Oh, there it is. Samuel Adams Merrymaker Gingerbread Stout. And I wanted you to have this too, because this, so we, the first one was about the malt. The second one was about the hops. And this is about the spices. So yeah. he used, you know, they use, um, Clove, nutmeg, ginger, and cinnamon. And so what this the still does is really, three. yeah. Oh, I like the, the new world, but this is good. I, I usually end up having Merrymaker after dinner. Because, mm -hmm. you know, as you a, have cocktails. Then you have, mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Just this is a, a, one this cube, is, I'm maybe. so glad we actually are doing this now because this is, this is the type of dram that I want to have right now with, mm -hmm. you know, yesterday I went to yesterday, day before yesterday, I went to El Pollo Loco and they offered me a hot chocolate Mexican something or other cinnamon, whatever. And I was like, yes, please. They gave it to me. It was a little cold. But when I got home and microwaved it, I was like, yeah, that's this time of year. It's a little chocolatey. It's a little cinnamony. It's a little, it's got a little Mexican flair. 
But, you know, these are the kinds of things you want to have right now. And I could totally mm -hmm. see this in a hot beverage. I could yeah. see making this like, like a hot toddy. Like mm -hmm. a hot, yes, mm -hmm. which I will probably make out of this later because I, today I'm coming down with the cold because I was around my, my little niece who's three and, you know, they get sick. But I am COVID tested. I am negative. I'm good. But hot toddies are my heroes when I'm when I'm sick. So I was like, okay, I can't wait till this afternoon and I could try all these to see what I'm going to make the hot toddy out of. And I think this is going to yeah. be I mean, it's so limited. Be careful. I, I use the rye with lemon and ginger tea and some honey and then uh -huh. more rye than anything. And it's so good. Yeah. Clears me right up. But if you want to be cleared up, let's talk about this now. So we go down the spirit of <laughs> If you want to be cleared of That's everything. <laughs> The, the, great the, the great evacuator. The great evacuator demons. I want to hear the story of this. There's got to be a story. Scorpion pepper, this ginger, strand. and maple syrup flavored whiskey. We're listening. All I right. am a little scared. I'm not going to lie. You should be. You <laughs> honestly should. <laughs> it's wild. It is. It, it is this roller coaster of variant spice and heat. This is all about heat. Um, I started my day with this because I had somebody in and started my day with Demon Seed. Yikes. It actually, the bottle art, is that, is that, is that Mr. Putnam uh, shooing Satan? No, but it's close. Um, so the story of this is my uh, master distiller, John Cushow, who um, we were still sawdust in the floor here back in like 2014 15, he comes in with a mason jar and says, you like, you like heat? You know, you like spice? No, not really. All right, try it anyway. So I drank it. It's hot as hell. You got to try it. And I said, John, he's like, just relax. Just wait, wait. Because what this is, it's scorpion pepper. It's whole scorpion peppers, which are the hottest non-GMO pepper macerated in rye whiskey with the addition of perfectly blended fresh ginger and real maple syrup. That's it. That's what goes in here. Mm -hmm. this, when this we're making it, everybody's like popping their brains out. <laughs> you got to wear masks, gloves, and gloves. There will be tears. They're crying like, they're, like the onions. They're crying from all the spice. Crying. Throw, one it, of them it, threw it up one. It actually smells like candy. Am I, am I crazy? Oh, no. I want this. It's like, you know, Intel inside. I want demon seed inside of everything because this stuff is so good. Um, so, all right. So it's in your mouth, Phil, right? You've swallowed it. You go, oh, that's yep. good. And then all of a sudden the heat yep. comes up and you go. It's got a bloom. It's got a Scoville a bloom. Yes. I love Woo! Just Ow. wait, Phil. Wait. You'll be all right. Mr. Scoville and I are already good friends, but my lord, he might be crossing. And there's the no cinnamon, by the way. This ain't but, but this ain't it tastes like fireball. But it's got us a, a real, not a not a fake cinnamon. Mm. It's got an actual real cinnamon taste mm. in the finish, which you can really? tell is not well. It's not. It's not a fireball finish, and to me, fireball mm. is is. Sorry if we ever have fireball on yeah, the show, but moving on. probably won't. But um, uh, it's it's a little it's a little syrupy. It's a little, you know, I would probably pour that over vanilla ice cream rather than drink it. But um, but this has a beautiful 
beautiful spice at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's, I had a cocktail. There is no cinnamon, by the way. So yeah, I think subliminally you might be tasting that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, some, I think so. With, I think it's the there. cross of the pepper and the maple is probably making that for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what yeah, is on the menu sweet. at the bar? There's a cocktail on the menu there that features this. Oh, here? Yeah, we call yeah. it the nail biter. I, and I had it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm, what's, I've, what's I live to tell biter? the tale. It's Putnam Rye and Demon Seed and fiery ginger syrup mm-hmm. that we get from um, Liber and Company. Okay. And no, they are not giving me any royalties for this, but they should. <laughs> and, <laughs> and well, maple maybe we should talk our, to them about that. <laughs> we use it, our signature sweetener because we don't add sugar to anything is mm. Ackerman Farms maple syrup. It's a small okay. family farm in Cabot, Vermont, that nice. literally Ian and Caitlin come down with their little kids and they deliver our drums of, of oh, maple I love syrup. It. It's awesome. Um, it's so good. Um, question: Is it the same rye juice that's just just that's just, just been is. cut down in proof? Okay, it is. Yep. Okay, yep. I'm not gonna lie. I was really scared to drink this, but it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It is. There you go. Isn't you it? might be changing this evening's hot toddy plans. I might. Yeah. Well, I wish I had sent you guys some of our maple cream, but this was really more of a whiskey forward thing. And we can um, we, we can, we can the, follow up. We put the two together and we call it a cream and demon. Oh, yeah. we, oh, we've yeah. done that. Yeah. Oh, but wait, what you can do is the screaming demon. These two, rye and demon seed and some pineapple juice. Oh, boy. Such that a great cocktail. Like a screaming demon. Screaming demon. It's so great. Anything like mango, like you guys have all that beautiful citrus yeah. stuff out there. We got California. So yeah. good. Like a frozen, like a really like. Thick frozen mango whiskey cocktail with demon yeah. seeds. So we good. grow a thing or two out here. Yes. yes. Now I have a friend. Don't rub it in. I don't know if you guys have been seeing on the internet. They've had these like Even spicy lobsters. challenges. Uh, I have a friend who's been taking those spicy challenges, and she'll order these peppers, and she will eat them, and it's like nothing. And then her friend will come on and eat one and be crying. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like, the, like, like it's saying, beware of this. This could put you in the hospital, blah, 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 blah. And she still eats it. And she's like, fine. And I'm like, do you have, did, did you kill your tongue? Because I don't know how, so I think this is going to be a Christmas present. For, I think I'm going to have to send her a little sample for Christmas. It's, and it's genetics. Try this one. It's well, genetics. you can order one and keep that one for yourself. Right. Go to Sealbox. Sealbox.com. There we go. Yeah. What's, or what's on Doug the... for Whiskey Lovers. Doug for Whiskey Oh, I love Doug for Whiskey Lovers. He was, he was, our, third, third he was our third guest. Isn't he great? I love Doug. Yeah. We're going to go to Doug just show. because. Yeah, indeed. Because Doug him. was our third guest. We owe him. I've been on his um, on his mailing list for years and years and years. And Philip was like, who's this Doug for Whiskey Lovers? I said, are you going to go? I love him. And he's like, Doug was great. So Doug's great. Um, he's the real deal. Um, what's on the horizon? We know you've got 18 skews. We know you do a rum. Do you do any white spirits? Do you do a gin? What what, what you got going there? Yeah. Okay. Um, Talk to us. Well, what you can't see is my bar cart next to my desk right okay. here. It's a, it's great right there. Yeah. I got That's a big perfect. bar cart. Perfect stuff, location. So, so, well, just go back to the story for a second. So we made, you know, Putnam made horseshoe nails here when the car came in. 
no need for horseshoe nails. So they went out of business. And the next notable entrepreneur to have commerce was the, the Lolly Shipyard. Mm -hmm. And they're famous for building these America's Cup winning yachts. Mm -hmm. Lolly Street is right here on the side. And in okay. my building, they built minesweepers for World War II. Of course, Boston Harbor is right here and mm -hmm. our dark days of the triangle trade of slaves, ammunition, and molasses. Mm -hmm. So if you're in New England, you got to make rum. Yeah, it, was a center of, make it. it was a center of rum making. It was a center of rum making. I exactly. It was the so, Boston Tea Party. Right. <laughs> yeah, you could probably with demon seed and rye and some other stuff, you could probably make a nice... Iced tea, like a alcoholic. Yeah, we could call oh, it yeah. the Boston Massacre. Actually, yeah. I actually I, we have one on the menu, but I'll have to get that. A Boston Massacre? No, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might it might be too soon. Oh, it's been years. <laughs> well, with demon seed, it goes along with that. Did I ever finish that story? I never did, but that's okay. Oh, did you? No, no, Demon Seed, go to the website, read about it. It's probably okay. not on the website. Don't go to the website. Okay, then. No, you didn't finish the story. How do you tell us? Tell us. So, there's so many. Uh, but Demon <laughs> Seed's cool. So, Cushel comes in here and he says, Demon Seed, I don't know, what the hell? What do you call this? This is unbelievable. What do you call it? It's so hot. He said, Demon Seed. I said, John, if you think Demon Seed's going to fit in my luxury premium whiskey company here, it ain't happening. So that was that. And then like years later, like years later, a customer comes in and we have horseshoes that we found in the building. So from the 1850s, real horseshoes, and we have them over our doors. And the Putnam horseshoe is painted on one of the doors, Phil, as you remember. And a customer said to me, how come your horseshoe is down? I said, I don't really know. We just took the logos. So I, you know, eventually I looked it up and by the way, this catches the luck and this holds the luck in. So we're lucky in here, which is nice. We need luck. But at the bottom of the Wikipedia page was a story about St. Dunstan and the devil. Okay. Oh, and, and that's who Saint, that is. Yeah. And that's the blacksmith. And it was the story with this anyway. So yeah, we now have a registered trademark on this, but it's a folklore of the ages. So St. Dunstan walked into the devil's shop and horseshoed him, recognized him as the devil, horseshoed him instead of his horse. And the devil was very unhappy about it. And St. Dunstan said, I'll take the horseshoe off your foot if you promise never to walk over the threshold of a door that has a horseshoe over it. And so I said, holy shit, that's demon seed. And I called Cusho and he said, finally. <laughs> and so meanwhile, he's out in California now. Um, and my, my, my current distiller, John's still, you know, master distillering, but my guy that really does the work every day labors over it because, you know, mixing this and making this is very detrimental to your health but it's I can so imagine good. you need a, you need a special mask an industrial uh, industrial mask well so in this building though well that's a long yeah, story right. but with the, you know you've filters. probably heard of Whitey Bulger you know oh yes monster. yes yeah, I got, yeah he got caught right here in Santa Monica yes in Santa Monica right there oh, is yeah. that where you are I've been living here for 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 years and years we're, near, yeah. we're nearby Santa Monica 
Yeah, we're near so, Santa Monica. Los Angeles basically surrounds Santa Monica. So yeah, anyway. It does. Yeah. And uh, evidently, so there's a freezer because my la- the last notable entrepreneur to have commerce here was the Seymour's Ice Cream Factory. So there's a freezer that's insulated that actually is our barrel room, which is great mm-hmm. for barrel aging, which gives us all of this beautiful color and, and just flavor. Part of it's that. Lucky for us, it was already here, but unlucky for <laughs> some of Whitey's guys, you know, because you could torture him in there and the, the folklore is here that you could torture him in the freezer building and you couldn't hear the screams because it's insulated because it's mm-hmm. a freezer. And then they got right. hung up so to freeze. Demon seed here really is the original demon is Whitey. Okay. Thank heavens he's it. dead. I'm sorry, Whitey. Don't kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're still some but you're of those making around. him live on. So why would he kill you? You're making him live on. Right. I know. Well, this is actually for St. Dunstan, but if I want to modernize it, can do that too. So many stories. But then back to lollies. So this is our rum line, 100% molasses, which is New England style. This is amazing. We'll have to do another podcast about this stuff because it's so good. All made here, 100% molasses. And then this gin is a citrus forward, gorgeous. Angelica roots, uh, coriander, lemon peel, tangerine peel. We use whole oranges in the still vapors mm-hmm. go right through it's just beautiful yeah so lollies you know crazy <laughs> little name but it's meaningful to us around here sure 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 yeah are you distilling sure. the, the are you distilling the base for the for the gin no we, we're buying the base okay. and then we're redistilling that okay all right with the botanicals yeah. in, a, in a carter basket yep okay got it got it Very in nice. a basket Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, it works. It works for yeah, us. I love sure, it. This sure. is the molasses is very expensive and it's very sticky. Yeah. Do you um, do any rum aging? We have a dark rum that is uh, somewhere. Um, it's actually, oh, here it is. It's the one that we've been drinking recently. Um, it's a dark rum, but we don't age it. We actually uh, vat it. So it's like mm-hmm. a vatted rum. Oh, so wow, okay. we'll put parts, pieces, sticks, chips, staves in a vat and we yeah. let it sit for about eight weeks. And that's beautiful. Okay. We get that. This actually won best age rum from the manual. Um, I, yeah, it's not aged. So I, <laughs> I guess it's false advertising. I, <laughs> I don't know where they got it, but they did. Hmm. Um, they must have assumed we are doing it's dark. Work. We are doing some barrel aging stuff. We made a pear gin. <gasps> Dorchester, where we're at, Dorchester is a, a part of Boston. And we're known for our pears, evidently. Clap, mm. the clap pears. Okay. <laughs> Which is why you've never heard about it. because So if really you, if you throw talk. one to someone, they might catch the clap. They might catch the clap pear if you toss it to them. <laughs> right. But anyway. we're, we actually... Um, used, you know, whole, whole cut up pears and raisin and hazelnut mm. and some mm. amazing things. So that's laying down. Yeah, we're doing some fun stuff. Barrel finishes on everything. Mm-hmm. Everything Fantastic. sounds so much fun. I mean, everything we've drunk is fun. Right? Yeah. But, and all the stuff you're, you've, you've, you're, the other SKUs that are already in the market and the stuff you, you're working on, everything's fun and not in a, not in a silly novel way, in a like, oh my God, I want to drink that way. Yeah, it's 
tastes good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so we're working on, you know, we have a, a, a pre-batch cock, craft cocktail line okay. that we're doing. We did that, you know, during the pandemic is when we perfected Demon Seed and we made gin and we did the pre-batch cocktail line. And it's, it's you know, things change in the world, right? It changed yeah. fast. Tell us yeah. about it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So what's going on with you guys? Well, uh, well, we've been I, doing well, this we're, podcast. We're doing spirits of whiskey. Uh, you know, when the <laughs> pandemic descended, uh, you know, Carrie and I were were I, I was I had just joined her on a on a on a TV show pilot that's still in development, uh, actually in post production. And uh, we're like, you know, we could no longer the Center for Culinary Culture could no longer do all that it had been doing, which is in person uh, education programming and gallery exhibits. So media. So Carrie and I together developed a bunch of stuff that's that's in production and distribution now. And there's, you know, there's there's more and uh, lots of stuff going on. So. So, yeah, now that that restrictions have lifted, we've returned to in-person programming, Uh, not quite at the intensity uh, in years past, but we'll 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 get back there. But now, of course, we have to keep all of this media work right out for now, for the moment. Uh, although we until do we produce our, until we get our jet our, our uh, free jet plane we, we yeah do our pro- private jet we yeah. do yeah. produce a show out of boston two actually one is the it's- cocktail guru podcast and uh starring jonathan pogash and his father jeffrey and uh, also cocktails the grand tour where jonathan pogash again is does a you know episode by episode global tour of uh cocktail history one yeah. cocktail at a time Wow. Well, wow. send them my way, will you? I will. Yeah. We will. Yeah. Very good. Yay. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Are you um, going to be as hard to get a hold of for them as you were for us? <laughs> yeah. Walk a day in these boots. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay. it's I'll be like, all you have to do is send a truck through the pole outside, and all of a sudden she'll <laughs> That'll be That'll get her attention. Um, oh. In all seriousness, I don't know. We've yeah. talked about cocktails. We we always end the the, the interviews with cocktail talk. Yeah, and uh, we've talked about cocktails the entire time. That's the, I'm know. happy to talk about it more. I'm just saying we've been I think covering. We can do a little wrap up way. with a little, yeah. little little tiny cocktail talk. So, what do you like drinking? What do you like? We know what's on the menu at the at the distillery bar, but what do you like drinking? What kind of cocktails? Like if you if well, you just hit a bar in downtown day. Boston, what are you gonna? Well, let's assume it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. What are you gonna? <laughs> nine p.m. on a Saturday. Espresso martini in a bottle. <laughs> a genie in a bottle. Well, you asked, so that way I don't have to make my own because I someone's already done it for me. Got and it. I can travel with it. It's beautiful. Okay. Um, right. No, I mean I have. What do I have? I mean one of my favorites is. Um, we have a blueberry basil smash mm-hmm, made mm-hmm. with Putnam rye, mm-hmm. uh, fresh basil, uh, just two lemons, squeeze and drop, and some blueberry jam. Throw a teaspoon or so in there and shake the heck out of it and just pour it all in a glass with the ice. And Everything it is a jam. delicious mm-hmm. drink. Mm-hmm. And you can, you, only you know, any time of year because it's blueberry jam and basil. Uh-huh. And lemon. I have fresh basil in the garden outside. Well, I, I just need to. I just need to go get some blueberry jam, and we're good to go because I have the rest of it. I'm do yeah, and right. send me a note. You're gonna love it. 
I know I do. I might It'll be smashing. Freezer, though. Maybe I can just make. Maybe I can smash some blueberries instead of having a jam. Yeah, and add some sugar. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. For the jam. Or, you know, you got to sweeten Or you can go to Liber and Company and order their fig, caramelized fig syrup. There and we go. Order their mm. um, fiery ginger syrup. And then mm. you can make a nail biter and you can make um, a boss hat. Mm hmm. Nice. The boss hat. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay. Mm. Well, well this has okay. been fantastic. I, I would say today has been delightful. What say I, you, and, Carrie? And honestly, you know, after all these seven drams, I feel much better. My sore throat is gone, and I feel fantastic. I'm fine. So I don't know what I was thinking. I I don't think I'm sick anymore. <laughs> but exactly. I, I want to thank you so much for making time for us because we've been looking forward to this interview for quite some time, and I've been waiting forever to try these, and they've just been, you know, sitting on my bar, and then, like, people come in and out. Have You, you haven't opened those yet. And I said, no, I'm, I'm still waiting for the... There's, there's, I don't want to open one now because until we have a date, it might disappear. That's right. <laughs> and we were over here singing, help me, Rhonda, and you listen. Well, it looks like you've got some company there, Phil, oh, behind yeah. there's you no... that you were going to do all right. Oh, I oh, want yeah. Demon Seed front and center there. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. It'll go. It'll Here's have pride of place. Guys. Cheers. And to you. For show notes on today's podcast, please visit our website at spiritsofwhiskey.com. That's whiskey with an E. We'll include links and supporting documents from today's stories in this episode's blog post. As always, you'll see upcoming topics, a guest roster, and links to past shows. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Slanchava. Spirits of Whiskey is produced by First Real Entertainment and the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are heard.